Hi, I'm Clemmie Telford and it's time to get open and get honest. Each week, I interview a guest about a topic that we, as a society, often shy away from. From sex lives to salaries, life and death, religion and real bodies, no subject is off the table. Welcome to Honestly, the podcast. Susie and I worked together a few years ago at Facebook. Whilst I was in creative shop, Susie was in the policy and comms department. She is one smart cookie. In fact, she's got a TED talk out there that I really recommend you watch. But as well as being smart, Susie has also had a fairly incredible journey, part of which we're going to touch on today as she talks about becoming an intersex activist. As many as one in a thousand people are intersex. It can be as common as having naturally red hair or twins, yet it's something that we know very little about. Which is why I'm really glad to have Susie with me. She sheds light on the ramifications of feeling forced to fit into the sex binary society we live in, as well as the implications of having both stage four cancer and having had a brain hemorrhage, and how that shapes your picture on the big picture stuff. See, I told you her story was remarkable. So the name of the game is Honestly, as you probably guessed, and I will start with some, a quick fire round. Okay. So on a scale of one to ten, how fun are you? Oh my God. <laughs> I think I'm like a three. <laughs> I'm oh. like a three. I don't know. I, I I have really disparate groups, like some groups I think would be like a ten and some friends would be like a, a solid one, 0.5. Like, I don't know if I know any 0.5 people. I, know, I do not. No. I'm like, I'm, I oscillate between being like 12 years old and 87. That's good. Yeah, that's good. On a scale of 1 to 10, how popular are you? Oh, horrible question. Sorry. Oh, God. Um, I don't know. I've met some really lovely people. I think I'm really fortunate. So actually, I think I have a decent group of friends. And yeah, that'll, that's fine. Depends. Yeah, sure. You haven't given me an answer there. Uh, let's say like five, yeah. six. Depends. Oh my god. It's a horrible question. And oh. sorry it's so loaded. On a scale of <laughs> one to ten, how rebellious are you? Oh my gosh, two. Wait, no. Okay, like civically, ten. Uh but in terms of what would be what I thought rebellious was when I was twelve, like I know. A solid two. But who can be? Yeah, yeah. Like I threw up once from drinking. like alcohol drinking and then I was like never again. The thing is if in if, yeah, uh, like beyond thirty if you're really rebellious then you've probably got a problem i actually i mean this will be i don't know if this is interesting for the podcast at all but it relates to like um being intersex and and all that stuff i have i feel like only in the past two years have i lived what i thought i would live yeah like kick the shoes off like been a bit more rebellious been a bit like more of a young person that's really interesting yeah (laughs) i um spoke to charlie craggs uh, an episode about being trans and she, oh, she's I, amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. And and I sat there feeling such a slob because she always looks impeccable. Stop. And I was like, oh, I need to bring it more. Anyway, she was. Yeah, she said something similar about. I was asking about her childhood, and she said very much that she'd like to go back and and do it all in the way that she would like, which oh, I thought was really. But then maybe we all feel that really, a bit. I think that yeah, but I think that's actually such a queer experience as well. Sometimes you're sort of living your late teens and your mid twenties because mm. you're, you're suddenly able to express who you are and. Uh, feel more comfortable in your own skin and pursue kind of like your sexuality or your gender identity or really anything just yeah. uh, your tr- yourself. Your true so it, it's delayed. It's delayed. And I actually read that because I sometimes am like, some of my friends are settling down. Um, you don't feel like you're the, in the And I'm the- like, no, guys, come on. I just got here. Like, <laughs> guys. Geez. How old are you? I'm 28. 28, fine. <laughs> you're the, damn you. <laughs> Favourite colour? Red. 
No question. No, in, no question. Absolutely. Is that like? That's have what, you had yeah. your colours red ever? What What's that? So you everybody is on a different one of four palettes. Spring, summer, autumn, winter. Oh, okay. If you Google it, like everyone will have a red in their spectrum, but it will be a different kind of spectrum. Mm. And only one of those, which is my one, winter, can wear black. And, lo- and loads, but you probably are probably similar to me, actually. Oh, I wear, I wear a lot of black, but also I feel like my personality is loud enough. Do you know what I mean? I just feel like no one needs to Can't the go colours. wrong with black. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, like. uh, yeah, black. <laughs> uh, most prized possession? Oh, God. Don't overthink it. Well, it's a really lovely story, but um, one of my best friends, Ruth, when I was very, very depressed, I was in a very bad place about being intersex, I was really struggling uh, with that. I went to visit her in university and she's an English literature major. She gave me a journal and a book. It was T.S. Eliot and she pointed to a particular poem, which is, I think, called Ode to My Wife. And the poem she sort of was like I know it's like it's a romantic love but it's about sort of about our friendship and there's a line and it's like people who babble the same speech without need of meaning and it's just really lovely she just like, got it she it was just the mo- it was the most beautiful like I don't know expression and I still have the oh she got so annoyed that I had to buy it again because you I lost ri- it no I ripped out the poem and oh. I gave it to my then boyfriend <laughs> Because oh, no. I was like, also, this applies to you. And she uh, was so why didn't you just photocopy right, it? I know. I oh god. Oh, it, that is. It a, wasn't great. I'm, I'm with her, Ruth. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, when I, um, sorry, this is cheating, but I celebrated ten years remission of cancer, and I threw mm. a party, and my best friends put together. I didn't know this until the the night of. Like just notes from pretty much everyone I'd met over the ten years of sort of saying like quite glad you're still alive which was really that also and you know what you wouldn't ever choose it but there's so few opportunities where people get to tell you they love you like that oh god and I I mean the party was really to tell them because I've written letters I love a letter but I just wanted to like throw them a party and just be like you know cheers thanks for everything (laughs) what a nice thing to do and a really important like so easy not to celebrate stuff, isn't it? And to let milestones go and to think, oh, I'm not, I can't quite be bothered. But yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. My granny died recently at I'm 100, so which is phenomenal. But my brother, wow. Yeah, 100. 100. Um, but my brother read an amazing poem called Normal Day, mm. which I'm going to read, actually, I think. Normal Day, let me be aware of the treasure you are. Let me learn from you, love you, bless you before you depart. Let me not pass you by in quest of some rare and perfect tomorrow. Oh, I think that's it, isn't it? Yeah. Because we're always striving for what we think is like this unlocking the next level of happiness. But yeah, like there's so so many mundane things have even those occasional moments of perspective, isn't it? Occasional, yeah. Yeah, they're not (laughs) easy to have. No. (laughs) Um, How would you describe your relationship with money? Ooh. We've got some really excellent faces that don't translate that well at not in audio. <laughs> it's so expressive. Um, very aware of how quickly it can slip away. Good answer. Um, Do you believe in marriage? Hmm. I believe it can be reformed, like many institutions, mm. not without its problems. Also, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Potentially. With, with reform. Yeah. yeah, why, with, yeah. What star sign are you? Gemini what does that mean the key traits from what I know is that you're very good at seeing like kind of laddering back big picture and being able to join connections between things that's nice 
which is a really bit, big trait. But also mm. your bad side is you could occasionally be a bit of a meddler. A meddler? Like stir Ooh. the pot a little bit. Ooh. But this might not be true of you. I don't... Well, I've, I didn't realise this until this year, but I can be a bit motherly. Meddling in a like, kind of maternal way. Yeah, world. and be like, this is... I've lived this, so this is my advice. What would you like to be remembered for? Oh. Um, oh. Again, vomit, but like being kind. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's about it. If you could have more of anything, what would it be? Oh, energy. Three words your inner critic or imagined worst enemy would use to describe you. Oh, shut up, please. <laughs> and a bit thick. Um, no, no, I mean, no. well, they, you proved that wrong, haven't you? <laughs> I just, yeah, like one plus one is a million, so it's not great. <laughs> Right, well, that was the quick fire, like, that was really easy fun. peasy bit. So I have you here to talk about intersex. Wonderful. So first of all, can you explain what intersex means? Yep, so intersex uh, refers to people who are born with variations in their sex characteristics. So that's your hormones, your chromosomes, your den- genitals, reproductive organs that don't fit within the typical kind of binary definitions of male and female. So basically... We're told that there are just two categories when it comes to human. There's male, there's female, um, and it's very set, all the characteristics I've just described within those two. So, you know, females are considered XX and males XY, but it's just not true. Not true, actually. It's quite a lot of us. Yeah. So we kind of take the the 1.7%, which the, the UN agrees with, because we've not been counted, we've been suppressed. So, yeah, so that's, that's it kind of feels like a non-figure in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. But it's still so high. And again, I mean, social mass is a difficult one. And this numbered, you know, this equivalent really only relates depending on where you are in the world. Mm. Um, but it's sort of the same amount as people with natural red hair. Yeah, um, which is, is such a sort of that in your TED talk. I was mm. like, wow, because you can just visualise that. And it, then it's yeah. not an invisibility, is it? Yes, yeah. So when did you find out you were... Uh, into sex so I had just turned 16 yeah I was taken into I was taken to a doctor's office I didn't really know what it was for so you were taken like, into a doctor's office why um so well, oh, well I mean the the ultimate backstory so I was diagnosed with stage four cancer when I was 15 which originated in what we thought were ovaries spread to lungs and other places and so we were we were focused on on eliminating that Mm -hmm. in the process of the surgeries and the treatment they discovered that my ovaries were not in fact ovaries Um, and I really want want to be so clear here that you know in one one of the main reasons and it's a real problem with the challenges that intersex people face in a medical setting particularly when trying to fight against people trying to take away our perfectly healthy organs they might say you know oh well these will cause cancer and there are specific instances where yeah there you know in my case I had gonads that were non-functioning and um, they, you know, around the time of puberty kind of just kicked off and... and um, but so what a, a way to yeah. be told because it's linked with something which is life-threatening. Yeah. So, so it's become such a loaded thing from a really negative place. It did. Well, it, it did. It was funny at the time. It was it felt different. But, I, but the one thing I want to say really... I got that in... I had that cancer in the same way that, like, people get breast cancer it's not because you have breasts it's because you know it it cells it can happen yeah Yeah. it's cells and tissues exactly and um i think that's really really important because so much of the language about 
how we describe intersex traits, variations of sex characteristics is loaded with words like disorder, um, things to be fixed, problems, things that are unhealthy. And I actually, it's really, it's really important to make that distinction that they're just variations mm -hmm. in the same way that people have different sized breasts, different color eyes, yeah. that kind of stuff. Obviously, you really remember the day that you were told. Were you on your own? Were your parents? I was with my mum. She knew before I did. So they told me pretty much everything that was happening to me in regards to cancer. But they felt that it was a bit too much for like a 15 year old to be like losing their hair, like dealing with death. And and at the time I was also told that like that was I was infertile. So they were kind of like, we don't, we don't need to add this for a minute. This can wait a minute. Do you think I, that was the right decision? Um... Yeah, I do actually because I I'm, I'm so anti like it's my body, it's my choice, it's my it's I should have bloody rights to my own body, but um that was um I I can only know my own mind at that point and I I was struggling. To be honest, maybe they could have told me because I was so on autopilot in my head that I wouldn't have processed would, yeah. anything like I wouldn't have, I didn't process anything until it was all over. So you yeah, at that moment you found out you were infertile too, which is mm -hmm. when it when it sort of began to sunk in it was sort of my first relationship mm. um and people would say oh but you don't have to worry about it now and I was sort of thinking like but I know now that's not really how it works <laughs> well you can't really I take can't, that um, out of your no. head yeah exactly so it was it was really difficult it, it plays into a number of issues and a number of things that I think a lot of intersex people struggle with which is about uh gender and your and your gender identity and that was actually going to be my next question it, that yeah. you identify as a woman, yeah. I would say I would say an intersex woman because I think you know when we when we talk about woman, what is a woman, what mm. is a female experience, like what is a woman's experience? It's so so diverse, and I think I I would say intersex woman because there are so many experiences I've had, defining ones um, that change how I see my world, and I yeah, it feels kind of necessary to to put in front of it. But how quickly do you bring? Do I bring it up with anyone? I mean, with anyone. Um, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? It's really funny. So I thought, I used to think it came, because I've been, I guess, I've known for 12 years now, and I've been out, as it were, for five or six. Yeah. Uh, um, it, and then sort of as I, before it went from no one to kind of everyone, and I sort of got really excited I just wanted to tell everyone yeah. you know because you just you, you yes. hide it in for so long and then suddenly you're unashamed and actually proud I've also dedicated so much of my time to it it's very much like it becomes, oh, yeah. yes on my CV as in like if people ask kind of like oh talk about you know a time where you've had to deal with X so much of it is through the my work as an activist I always do um, an interlude where I ask the good people of Instagram about a subject. I ask people if they were familiar with the term intersex. 73% weren't. Whoa. Yeah, and, I, you know, I can make assumptions about my audience, but they are pretty, yeah. Whoa. It's huge, right? I'm surprised, actually. Are you? I mean, I, I shouldn't be. I should not it's be. Like, but um Huge. Wow, 73% weren't. That's um, amazing. I also got the language here wrong here which I have to apologise for because I said do you identify as an intersex but that isn't right is it? Well no no it is, but it is and it, it is and it isn't because obviously intersex is kind of like it's it, to a degree like it's, How a, you it's, a, it's a classifier and, and and it's not the terms are really important here and one, one yeah. of the really difficult things actually you touched on was really important for example when I found out I was intersex I wasn't told you're intersex I was told about my specific 
trait, which has a name. Yes. And then when I go to Google that name, I don't find community. I find a lot of pathologizing information mm -hmm. or some inaccurate information. I think I could e easily imagine someone sat here just sort of saying as well, like, no, I'm, I'm just a, I'm, I'm like, I'm a woman. Yeah. Or I don't identify it. You know, for some people, it it is a, a small part of their yes, lives. Yes, it's in your hierarchy. Yeah, and I mean, for me as an activist, obviously, you know, I talk about it constantly. Identity is a really is a really interesting one um, mm. and there are better sociologists who can yeah. probably comment yeah, exactly. on that. I can only, I can only comment on that. And actually no one, no one messaged me in a kind of pokey way but it's it's hard, isn't it? Because it's, it's a, it's, yeah, as we know, 73% of my audience didn't even know what it is. So it's, yeah. you, we've all got to be brave enough to try and have the dialogue and ask you whether... Yeah. I asked them if anybody in my audience identified as intersex, 1% did. Which... Is close yeah. to the not, not, you not, know, the numbers. Not, yeah. That's interesting. Do you know someone who identifies as intersex and five percent did? So interesting. Yeah, and then I asked people if they were a natural redhead. Nine percent <laughs> were, or if they knew someone who was a natural redhead, and eighty-seven percent did. And that was my way of kind of making visible that statistic. Mm. I asked them if they had any questions about being intersex, and they did. And I had, how does it differ from being trans, and is it triggering when people get the two mixed up? I, I don't find it triggering only because I think I have got quite a well of patience given that I know how hidden we are. So it's not desperately surprising that one might get... Um, I would say we, we have so many things in common with the trans community. I, I like to think that we're arm in arm and so many of the trans experiences and stories that I've heard where there weren't intersex stories available to me have made me feel sort of seen and mm. understood myself. But the difference is... So the transgender sort of story is about gender identity whereas intersex refers to you know your your physiology your your body mm. bodily traits that being said you you can be intersex and trans yes it, that that's very very plausible you can you can have that experience the way in which our communities are the most similar is we're both struggling for bodily autonomy visibility mm. and acceptance and by bodily autonomy sorry fancy old word for um my body let me let me do let me yeah. choose, let me make decisions it about it true. I, whatever gender you're assigned on your birth certificate you can't yes yeah, so i mean it's incredibly difficult to change the the gender marker on your on the, or even the sex marker on your uh, birth certificate and when um, you told or i've read about other people that often even when they are told they're intersex they're told to keep it quiet yes i was told that yeah categorically by the by the doctors can't think of a single person who yeah didn't kind of categorically say like what they said as part of our diagnosis which is one thing our advice to you is you just keep this under your hat yeah I, yeah <laughs> I, i'm sorry i'm kind of racking my brain because i'm sort of thinking like am i being unfair am i being unfair yeah and i i uh no, that was that was made pretty clear until re relatively in the last like sort of four or five years. So back in two thousand six seven, it was kind of understood the the stigma was was such that my like your life would be yeah, yeah my my life would be very difficult, and my parents certainly felt that way. And again, like if we're talking about like listeners to this podcast, my parents also you know considerably in in their minds at least you know liberal minded and uh, open minded and. Mm. So for you, I've got some other questions, but out of interest for me, if you go to the doctors, does it stay on your medical records or do you have to retell some, tell... So again, I mean, like it won't say intersex, it would say 
kind of your respective tree there are so right, many different names medical, for it so yeah. like initially mine was called Swire syndrome and then later called Frazier syndrome because it's linked to a different kind of genetic thing I, I deal with but that you know there, there there's a number of others Kleinfelters Denny's Drash you know androgen so insensitivity syndrome yeah very medicalised very, you know medicalised which are important to understand like your respective traits yes. intersex isn't it's not a state it's an umbrella term yeah, like sure. that lots of different traits fall under so you know very yeah very different really varies yeah okay someone has said uh how do you feel about your body oh my god <laughs> i mean that's the most that for anybody that is oh, like i mean depends what day of the thanks, week it is i mean like thanks for asking um society in general doesn't like the messages we receive don't always want us to feel great about our bodies mm. for a number of different reasons and bodies get policed and punished for variety of different reasons or unincluded and so like one's relationship with the body is really difficult and also I will say like a lot of intersex people I've spoken to have really have had have had journeys with mm. their body and to self-love self-acceptance me personally I feel I don't know it's inextricable from all the health yes problems I've, I've come across I feel very very grateful for what it gives me but I I've felt frustrated by times it's let me down or tried to, or seemed to have just gone wrong and tried to hurt me or seemingly. Um, like intimacy has been tricky. That's a journey, romantically specifically. I've got quite a few scars that took a while to see as okay or mm. even beautiful on a good day. There are, again, like the way I feel about my body is not just linked to my body and how it is, but also like how it's been treated again big theme being in sex is how you're treated at your most vulnerable in mm. medical medical exam rooms what i've been told or subjected to on the basis of um, curiosity really? or i don't know just treated like a freak show have you yeah didn't care for that and no. that's hard to shake yeah, off yeah that really yeah it really is but uh there you know and and there's real degrees of that none of it's good um but uh you know, from unnecessary medical exams to being asked to drop your trousers in a room full of strangers, like that's it's yes. not nice. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, all of that's happened to you. Well, it's okay. Uh, it's not okay, but, but it's it it's. Um, it uh, I don't know. The I guess the only gift it gives is like empathy and for a wider range of society. And uh, when people tell me their stories, I don't know. You just kind of get it. Um, I think a lot of people, can, uh, different groups are treated this way. Like, I don't know, for all I know, someone might see the title, not to put this podcast down, but someone mm. might see the title in this podcast and be like, well, that doesn't relate. relate to me. But it does because it's it's about your body, the right to your body, what society tells us is normal and how we treat just any anything that is even relatively different for what we consider to be normal, which isn't normal. There's mm. no normal. One of my questions was going to be, lots of my audience are parents, and what would your message be to the parents or guardians of intersex children? Um, contact, probably, if you can, if you're based in the UK, try to reach out to UCLH. They are the experts, really, in this area. It's easy when you're a parent to kind of put all your faith in a doctor, and you should, because you know they're absolutely there, yeah. generally speaking, to help, but the correct information hasn't really filtered down. In the case where you have an infant and they have, for example, ambiguous uh, genitalia, 
like if they're you know if it's perfectly healthy if if if, if it's functional yeah. leave it alone yeah, like really them. really leave it alone there's a lot of pressure on parents to to operate to to make this life altering yeah absolutely um and it yeah. is life altering i understand the difficulties but if if it is medically unnecessary and i mean this medically unnecessary mm. life saving procedure mm. um it, there don't don't do it like or get a second opinion at the, mm. at the very least seek out other, you know, intersex organisations who who are happy to to provide more other kinds of information. Doctors might say like, "Oh, we do this, and your problems are sorted, and you can go home and tell everyone you've had a baby, and it's one sex or the other." Mm-hmm. But re- the realities are, you know, people who are raised in, for example, the wrong gender, but also have long term suffering and pain um, in one of the most vulnerable, intimate areas of their bodies. You know, that's. That's what we're talking about, mm. and, and and a lot of these surgeries, you know, these interventions are irreversible. And the message you're sending, regardless, is is you know you you are not acceptable. Your body as it came is not acceptable. Mm. Yeah. Two more questions. One: How can we be better allies? And two: What has this particular life taught you? Two big ones. Oh my god, so big. <laughs> I no, they're brilliant. <laughs> I love the big questions. Um, <laughs> I'm so bad at small talk. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah, exactly. I'm so bad at small Like, no, honestly, in the pub, people will be like, how's work? And I'm like, tell me a painful story about your childhood. Yeah, me too. Like, like, let's hone in on that. Yeah. Let's go really big. What do you think about death? No, I like, I don't mind like really small talk. Like, what's your favourite biscuit? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's great. Yeah, but I don't like the middle value because it's No, I completely agree. And I'll like have an hour long psychological, philosophical conversation about what biscuit. Yeah, because um, that, that is a big question. But like, the, yeah, the philosophy time questions mega stuff oreo (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i like a ginger nut crunch what oh and i'm excluding like gooey cookies yeah cookies uh, sit on their own they're like well we all obviously like we couldn't eat loads of those every day yeah no okay how can you better allies bring up intersex bring it up like talk about it because then you know for, for all you know there are intersex people around you who you don't know about um Make you know, make them feel comfortable. This kind of idea about biologically determinant, you know, basis of your chromosomes affects affects women too. I remember mm. I was in a workplace early in my career, knowing that I had X Y chromosomes, mm. and some bigoted um, person was talking about, well, women aren't good at maths, and it's all connected to the, the <sighs> Y chromosome. Blah, blah, blah. And I was just sort of sat there thinking, like the. Bullshit yeah. coming out of this guy. Yeah. You know, it, it, we're You're all wrong. affected by this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, just just bring it up. Bring I mean, it up. That is basically the, the the foundations of this whole podcast. That any subject that is apparently tricky or yeah. confusing or makes you feel anxious, that as soon as we talk about them, there there's no subject that mm. you can't learn about or you can't feel more at ease by outing it because yeah. yeah the, for me, with any anything in life, the keeping it in your head is yeah. is when the, the dangerous stuff happens. Yeah, absolutely. And then the second question was, was what has this this particular life taught you? <laughs> what I've learned, kind of year on year, as I I don't know, get a new diagnosis and my life is challenged or seemingly uh, limited or just forever changed. Uh, you know, for example, this last year, becoming intersex was a huge one, actually, I'll, to stay on topic uh, with intersex. Um, 
No, but and then last year you had a- last year I had a a, a brain hemorrhage, um, and I wasn't sure I would ever work again. It's so bizarre for me because I basically didn't <laughs> see you in that time. So I, yeah, the last time I saw you in a work setting was mm-hmm. as you are yeah. now, and you've just been through a mad <laughs> yeah election that opened up a world of kind of things that I might have thought about but didn't consider, and and certainly didn't experience the reality of like, gosh, I'm not allowed to drive anymore. I lost a job. Uh, a job offer from a from an organisation that would probably surprise you, which won't be named, because of of the you know the, the the levels of like discrimination, spaces I couldn't access, future being uncertain, what that meant for my finances, my personal life, my identity, and I just thought like, well, okay, one, I'm experiencing this, but just each year with these things coming into you know we're always learning. Mm. But this is why representation matters is because we've got to listen to people who actually have those experiences because they understand them in a way that we never will. We need these stories and we need those people in positions of power and decision making is because it's not that people without those, whatever you want to call them, challenges, variations, differences, it's not that they aren't capable, but they just, there's a perspective you you can't teach. Lived experience. Yeah, you just, you just cannot teach it and... That's what this life has has taught me for sure, and so that's a mix of empathy. I'm very, very glad that I'm into sex. I wouldn't change. I would not change it. There, are, there are real perks. Perspective being one of them. But that is again a thread through all of this. Whatever variations or whatever you know, whatever rolls your way, it, it makes you who you are. So of course you wouldn't. Yeah, you- gratitude, gratitude for all kinds of things. Just finding gratitude in any area of life. Yeah. Three things before we finish up. Lovely. It's going to get easier now. Oh, um, where can people find you and is there anything you want to shout about? Oh, XYCs. You can DM me. I'll try to respond. But like we've been talking about, my day job's quite intense. So. And also your brilliant TED Talk, which is oh, please, yeah. available oh, with a little oh, bit of... Yeah, please. I'm actually quite proud of that so I'm easily to. located on yeah. YouTube so the name of the podcast is honestly and I asked my audience to do a bit of an honest confession and mm. I'm going to read theirs out and then I'm going to ask you for one so I asked them to finish this sentence I'll be honest I don't understand the English fair enough think dogs are so much nicer than people I'm realising that Instagram makes me spend way too much money I'm not sure I've chosen the right man Ate lunch too early. I relate very heavily to that one. Um, Wish I hadn't left my husband 10 years ago. Lied. It was me that farted, not the dog. (laughs) So a real variety. Give me, I'll be honest, I. You can keep it light if you want. You know. Um, Mm, my God, um, I, this is so. But those are so. Can I just say how great those are? I know. I know. Like I'm floored and like entertained and whoa. I just. I feel like that should be an Instagram of itself. I'll be honest. I just alter my voice often, depending on who I'm talking do to. Do you do pick up accents really uh, quickly? Accents, but more like maybe it's. Oh, I really worry this is sociopath behaviour. But like, <laughs> if if someone, if I'm talking to someone and they're like more reserved, I'll become more reserved. And like, oh, I'm no, not always my. Think, I don't know if I'm always myself. That is, I think that's making putting other people at ease, isn't it? I hope that is such a generous lovely way to look at it I definitely would take, read it as okay, that cool. reframe that in your mind thank and, you and wipe that away I can always feel it when it's happening no I don't do like blood, like mockney or something like yeah, but, you know but I just uh, but also if if people are kind of musical I often hear them pick up um, or if they're actors they pick up they will mirror people's accents really quickly without yeah. realising it oh god but, or those people who've gone uh, away on a gap here and come back with an accent I had a meeting as part of my job with 
someone quite senior externally and the meeting I was really scared for um, because they were very tough and they grabbed my arm at the end. Said, where are you from? Yeah. Because they couldn't work it out. like, where? I have one question. I was like, fuck, 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 fuck. And and they were like, where the fuck are you from? And I was like, oh. And then maybe you can hear hear a little bit of American. It's like when I get excited. Yeah. That's Mm. interesting though. Yeah. Mine is, I'll be honest, I'm going to reach my late 30s this week. And on the one hand, that feels totally normal because I definitely feel more 40 than I do 30 but on the other hand it's freaky it's like when someone asks you your age and the words come out of your mouth and you're like oh that's me I'm a grown-up but I'm excited because every every decade teaches you so much yeah it's like extraordinary oh my god I was at a party at someone's 30th on on Friday and I was talking about how much I can't wait to be 30 you feel like you're ready well everyone all the women I know who are in their 30s it seems it's very grounding much better yeah um yeah i think your 20s can be really rough and sometimes i just try to be like because everyone tell, talks about how amazing your 20s are and i just want to be like it oh, is but, but also... you've got it all hanging over your head because you don't know what it's going to be the next bit like exactly. it's so much easier to begin to, and again i think while your 40s are, are likely to be really good because hopefully you've really worked out who you are you've done your like yeah. the, the, a lot of your career yeah. yeah anyway it's all to look forward to yeah so that's about it. I've been Clemmie Telford and this wonderful person has been Susanna Temko and this has been Honestly Podcast. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe and tell your mates all about it. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Honestly. If you found this week's episode interesting, which I hope you did, I'd love to know your thoughts. So please do give me a rating or review and even better, hit the subscribe button. That way you'll get each week's episode delivered straight to you. 